0: And welcome to another episode of the Woods Water Mizzou podcast. I'm on your regular coast with me, or I'm on your regular coast Skeeter. And along with me as usual are Case and Cole. How y'all doing? We're
1: here. We're good.
2: Doing all right.
0: Little horse. Little horse there, Skeet. Yeah. I think we're all. <laughs> little horse. Uh Last night and this morning, I sounded like uh I need to be singing bass. <laughs> and then... After I got out of the tree this afternoon and hadn't talked for a couple hours, it was like, it's gone. So, I'm forcing out as much as I can.
2: But It's a little fresh air. A little fresh air (laughs) for your uh, larynx and your vocal cords.
0: Well, uh, let's start off with saying that this is your Home Field Studios. Go to Home Field, get some of the great apparel, and enter in code Variety Sports for 50% off your first checkout, but fellas, our Tigers face the Tigers of LSU. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> you? I've got three kids. I promise they've dropped. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, man, what a great start. I said last week, we need to come out quick start. First three possessions, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Uh then it I think the pivotal play of the game. Uh Brady throws the interception to Harold Perkins Jr. and allowed LSU to get momentum going into halftime when we really man, you think if we would have went up another touchdown there, twenty-nine or thirty to seven, uh that that would have been a death blow probably. But Lo and behold, LSU stuck with it. Uh, Jaden Daniels, kid played with a lot of heart and a lot of grit. Uh, he was right in front of me when he was banged up, and it was all he had to walk. I don't know what they did in that tent when he went in there, but he come out, and he laid it all on the line. And uh, he led the LSU Tigers to a comeback victory. Uh, I believe, what was it, 49-39 ended up being the final. We lost by 10.
1: Yep, a 10-point game.
0: Sold out, packed, furrow field, Great environment, tailgating. Tiger Walk was full of energy. Uh, What y'all want to talk about? I mean, I've got a bunch of stuff I could point to, but...
1: um, I want to lead up first with what you just said with energy. Man, it is good to see furrow packed out like that. And you're right, the... The energy in the stadium was super infectious. Um, it felt it felt like a, like a big time game the entire time, the fan base. So let that's that's something positive we need to look at. Is that is probably the most electric I've felt for o in a long time. Energy energy was better than the K-State game, in my opinion. I really I was really impressed. Everything I had a great time, you know, before the ending, but you know, the vibes were really good that entire time.
2: Oh. Yeah, the energy was um, great. I kept telling my mom and the group that we were sitting with that not only was the hill packed out, but then that like lower concourse on the north concourse was just shoulder to shoulder, everywhere you looked, every seat was filled, everyone was screaming. I don't know if anybody who attended that game has a, a normal voice today, um, but man, that energy was just incredible. I guess we can kind of throw out that if we have a a big opponent for an 11 o'clock game that, you know, folks are, folks are going to show up. Um, I mean, that's two games back-to-back K-State and LSU that folks have showed up and been loud, both been, you know, pretty darn good games. We'll get into more of it, but energy was great. Tailgating atmosphere was great. The only thing that they, you know, kind of led us astray. And I guess it was more uh, a weather concern was, Terman didn't skydive like we thought he was going to, but I guess...
1: They bait and switched us.
2: Yeah, well, high winds is what I what I heard high from winch, work. So, wins. yeah. If were anyhow, jump, well, we were to jump,
1: we
0: would won the game.
2: We would have, for sure.
0: <laughs> uh First thing, like, I went to Tiger Walk. I wanted, I wanted my boys to, like, get the full game to experience. And I do not know what music Luther Burden listens to, but that dude was walking down the hill pissed off. Like he's mad rapping. It's like I need your jams, one. But uh I think it's his own music. <laughs> let I me so let far. me <laughs> ask y'all go back to August before season kicks off. I tell you, Mizzou puts up 39 points, 23 first downs, five hundred twenty-seven yard total yards. Brady Cook passes for four hundred eleven. And we have 116 rushing yards against LSU. Are we losing that ball game?
1: On paper, you think not with that deep, what we thought we had in defense.
2: Yeah, I would say. I, I would have leaned towards no. Yeah, we you know we won that game, but we knew LSU had a decent, um, a, a really good offense. As a matter of fact, leading into this season, Jane Daniels was that dude. We talked about fool's gold a little bit in, uh, in our season preview, but you know, that talent doesn't just fade away unless there's, you know, kind of some coaching or philosophy or scheme behind it. So yeah, I think, I I think I would have thought that we, we would have won that game.
0: Okay. Let's go ahead and get to it here. Uh, I'm gonna call my shots. So the loss to me penalties, uh, but LSU, we were both penalized 11 times each. We were 68 yards, and I believe LSU was 83 yards. So uh, we it was terribly officiated for what they did call versus what they didn't call on both sides. They missed Mizzou penalties. They missed LSU penalties. Uh, I don't want to say the refs cost us the game because I absolutely I don't feel there's one player that cost us. Uh turnovers uh, a, a bad read, bad look from Betty Cook on that interception. I didn't see a second interception. I was trying to beat traffic and get out. I uh, heard the roar there on the pick six so I uh, don't really know what it was but uh, we've we, we could go back any week and we've said bad snap and then Cameron Johnson. Getting a penalty or two, he yeah. got two yesterday, that were were costly, and Tolleson had the bad snap. Drinkwitz said that was a call from the sideline. They were trying to do like a hurry deal to catch him off guard. So I don't know all the details of that. And then Blake Baker, you have got to adjust. There has been no in-game adjustment from him this season, as from what I've seen, we did not. We refused to put a spy. I felt we should have pulled one of the six DBs, brought Chuck Hicks in and had three linebackers and had a true second level. Chad Bailey and Tyron Hopper, if they guessed the wrong hole, there was nobody there for 10 or 15 yards. And we we just continue to allow Jaden Daniels to kill us with his legs. And that right there, to me, was the most disappointing part of the game. Was our coaching staff's inability to adjust on defense.
1: Yeah, so i I got a lot of similar thoughts on that. To most recent point, man, everyone in me and my section were saying, "You got to put a spy on Jaden Daniels. He's just killing with his legs." You know, with adverse, you can say, "Well, oh, that's going to leave you know someone open." There was someone open, anyways. If if he was running. If he wasn't running, there was one wide open. Uh, there was a lot of holes on defense. We were playing like Swiss cheese out there. Um, I'm gonna say keys of the game. Offense had some mistakes. I'm not gonna say they didn't. Uh, you guys know my thoughts. I've been very frustrated with our of our center play <laughs> the last couple episodes. Um, I, I, I kind of tweeted about it this time, but I was a little more a little more agreeance response from you know people on Twitter that that's kind of come to a head this at this point with Tolleson. Um but man it comes down to in my opinion the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed yesterday and that that you you needed one or two more stops in there that's your game so i There's, i get it lack of adjustments lack of sound tackling lack of coverage the list can really go on forever
2: yeah and i mean athletically you know we we have a very experienced and athletic defense and one play that, uh, that sticks out to me in particular is the 30, 32, 35-yard touchdown run by Williams where he, you know, pocket kind of collapses. He breaks out and rolls right, kind of cuts up towards the uh, the hash marks and then is trailing towards the uh, the right corner of the north end zone, you know, driving north. And, you know, watching that play as I see him cut it back towards the middle, you know, that's, that's what defenses are taught to try and force everything back towards the middle. Cause that's where you have help. Um, and, and when, when we didn't tackle him and he breaks it back out to the right. And I see, uh, I see Hopper, you know, just trying to run him down. It's just, I'm thinking good heavens, either. He's the world class of world class athletes. You know, he's a great quarterback. He really is. Or, you know, we've we've got some issues and a reason that he's made it 15, 20, 25 yards downfield without having a single hand put on him yet. Again, is it athleticism? Is it poor tackling? Is it poor coaching?
0: I, I re-watched it on TV this morning. Uh, they seem to pick on Chad Bailey's side on running. Uh, Jaden Daniels there. And I don't know if Bailey was getting bad reads, uh, if he – was too close to the line, getting picked up by a blocker, but he was non-factor on some of it. Uh, There was one really bad missed tackle that he had, uh, and so that was a little concerning there. Uh, Just give you a little country boy thought that I had today sitting in the deer stand. So instead of practicing these tackling donuts all week, they should have put some chickens out there and said, Hey, you boys go catch some chickens. <laughs> yeah. And I a, that'd that, be a bad idea, that would have had them a lot more prepped for Jaden Daniels and a rolling donut. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Take my coon hunting. Have them keep up with the coon dog. That'll, uh, I'll <laughs> teach you to, you know, be a little more agile.
1: Go. Uh, y'all ever do the grease pig thing as a kid at the rodeo? Put a grease pig in the pen there. Some, no, we did do, it. uh,
2: the rodeo in my hometown did rolls of duct tape on a calf. You Ooh. have to chase a calf down and grab a, not rolls, but, you know, duct tape turned inside out. Anyway.
1: Hey, all these are good ideas that we should implement we should. on Monday.
2: Turn a calf loose inside that brand new, uh, that brand facility? new Stevens indoor facility. I'm sure they'll love that.
0: <laughs> uh, let's go back to that interception. What I said was a pivotal play of the game. Uh, Brian Kelly listened to his post game. First off, he's a dumbass. Uh, he said, Mizzou made this a homecoming, so we took that a little personal. What in the world was he thinking? Just, you know, like, if somebody gave him that information and he didn't double-check it, whatever, like, you're a head coach. You should know whether it's a homecoming game you're going into or not. So You can just lie. You, you, you can just uh, lie about stuff. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, but he did say after the third touchdown that they switched from a man to a zone defense and they dropped Harold Perkins in a coverage shadowing underneath Luther that they had not done. So it was a coverage that Brady had not seen all game and there was nothing on film suggesting that they would do this still even rewatching it in, in live in person. It was a terrible read, a terrible pass, like, should have saw that guy watching it on tv is exactly what we saw live uh just a bad read it's not something brady cook has made a habit of so i don't want to i'm not hey sucks get him out of there you know but man that's just something you (laughs) you know that trying to go to luther one too many times maybe right there bit us in the butt
1: yeah, maybe. And I'm not, I'm gonna agree. I'm not gonna defend that throw. I'm gonna defend Brady as an overall and say that he made good throws after that. He made good throws, you know, going through the game. Uh that last touchdown we scored, he made two big strikes down the field to get us in position to make that score. And uh first touchdown, second touchdown, the one that he made that beautiful throw to Weeis in the end zone. That's the first was that first score? First one. First, first one. that was an absolute dime of a throw.
0: First one was uh,
1: dropped by Weiss. Yes. And then... yeah. Came back and got. I couldn't yes. remember if Strader scored then. It doesn't matter. Um, but he abs- he played a great game. If One bad pick, I'm, I'm not going to defend that. But I'm going to say overall, his body of work is he's not the reason we lost that game. Now, okay. is that interception a giant momentum turning point? I'm going to agree. Absolutely. But like I said, offense had other situations where they could have put the foot in the throat and take over the game later.
0: And defense could have stopped anything. If, so. if I had to pick one offensive player to put drive stalling, drive killing plays on, uh, Tyler Stevens, I've been yes. clamoring for a tight end. Oh, mercy. But my goodness. I agree uh, with you 100% on that. Scale. I want to see Brett Norfleet out there or the other true freshman or Ryan Horse Camp because three drops, solid in the hand, no excuses. Was it three or four? I, I, three he had three i think and Weese had one yeah
2: okay okay maybe Shane i was putting wild
0: that is steven's first target he caught for a first down yes. and i was like mm-hmm.
1: all right maybe steven's gonna be rolling a little bit today but he went downhill after that yeah
2: oh my, my gosh just i mean egregious just terrible what's just terrible. funny is on the way out um on the north concourse i bumped into maggie and her and i had a A thirty-second venting session on the game before, like, okay, we got to try and beat traffic out of here. And I think both of us almost said simultaneously that Stevens, like, what is going on? And I know, you know, part of me wonders if it's uh, if it's a mental thing. Like, you drop one, you know, quarterback tries to go back to you and and get that confidence. Both. Both ways, like Brady tries to get the confidence back, and Tyler, Tyler tries to get, you know, his own confidence back. But then when two happens, and then the third one happens, you're just like, "Holy smokes!" Sure. It's you're exactly right, Skeeter. I mean, it's momentum killing, it's drive killing. It takes the life out of the stadium. I mean, there's a collective sigh and groan from from the fans when it happens, and so it's yeah, the the one time we make it a point to involve tight ends over our stable of wide receivers. That's, that's what happens. Maybe that's why drink goods didn't like to well, use my, I don't know. I
1: don't want to go that far. Cause I'm uh, no. on my North fleet. That was
0: pretty impressive. And it was, he we just need him. I dropped it and caught it <laughs> off his ankles. So that was almost another drop by a tight end, it, but it wasn't. And it, was it, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh You know, First off, also need to shout out Daniel Blood, another true freshman receiver stepping in. I believe he's a Destrehan, Louisiana native. Uh, And so him getting his first collegiate reception against LSU probably meant something to him. Uh, And it was was a great catch. Uh, But wide receiver corps, man, TV does not do these guys justice. I know you guys get to see all the games live, but this was my first time seeing it live in person. And I got to see Luther last year, but a different player. Completely different player. Uh, He's completely way different he was. His his ability to create space, his ability to like one guy's not taking him down. Uh, turf monster got him on the end around there yesterday, but that's about the only time there's just one guy and he went down, but Theo Weiss, uh, Mookie Cooper, you know, Marquise Johnson, like we said going into the season, this was the most loaded room. And I think they've exceeded the expectations we could have thought that they were going to do. So, uh, great play on receivers, uh, O-line, Still was not a bad game from the offensive line. Cameron Johnson, the two uh penalties, then uh Tomlinson with the snap infraction, and then <laughs> but Delgado almost got us a bit. Probably should have there he absolutely yeah. flinched. Oh, oh yeah, that was absolutely. that was plain his yeah. day. But and there were so
2: many, we you touched on that earlier that there were so many
0: missed calls on
2: on both sides. The Brady I mean,
0: face mask on third down if they the decapitation you mean. Yes, yeah.
2: Attempted decapitation yeah. of Brady Cook.
0: Uh and then I'm um, the sack that was the fumble mm-hmm. that got knocked way back on third down. Was that that was Foster's side, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. He had uh was
0: was it a blitz or was it the DN that hit him? I don't recall.
2: No, it was the I remember watching that play. Um back today and it was kind of that initial engagement, you know, Lyman gives a little shove and that guy just like classic Demarcus Ware, dip and rip, get up underneath him. And as soon as I saw him free reign, I was like, holy cow. It's yeah. it's lucky that's the only thing that happened. Um, you know, it wasn't in the middle of a throwing motion to where it can mess up his shoulder. So yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, speaking of Brady and injuries, where he, you talk about messing up shoulder. So something I learned, I know we're just rambling here, but something I learned on rewatching the TV broadcast. Okay, so we know he had the deep bone bruise on his knee. Did you know there was also a minor fracture? Nope. I saw that on Twitter. I didn't know if it was what they meant by that. They, I think someone was watching the game and retweeted it. They said it was like a, a hairline or something like that on his somewhere in the knee vicinity that he's playing through. So, like, holy cow, Brady Cook, like, dude, you are tough. Yeah. Like, you are tough. But, uh, man, you know, like, we we look at that game, and it was not regardless of what, like, the Tiger Bait podcast said that I listened to afterwards, and they said, that's most – Excited that Mizzou campus has been in many years. That was their Super Bowl. No, we had the chance to build something special for this season, and we still do. We're five and one. That was a chance to go six and zero. Uh, So the crowd was going to be up. It wouldn't have mattered who the opponent was Saturday. Uh, It was going to be packed as far as the Mizzou end of it. And but you know the. The season is halfway, five and one. Case you would have said absolutely no way in hell in August when we t- said five and one. No, I had it set four and two. That's not that far off. Uh, not that far off. You you were not so sold on the Memphis game, and then, I
1: said we were going to win it. I said they had the.
0: Yeah. It's looking to be a win. That's four and two. The K State. I'm not going to be work. a Debbie
1: Downer right now, but we are. Um, we are a. Uh, uh, oh my gosh! Without the miraculous field goal, we are a chance going to overtime. If anything happens, and that is a possibility. So don't act like I am that far off. Hey, hey, you're
0: way off, way off, <laughs> way off. <laughs> but six, five and zero, oh, six games in, or five and one, six games in. Everything is still in front of us. That game is not end of the world. The mistakes are coachable. It was not, we got out-talented, outplayed. I don't feel LSU was head and shoulders above Mizzou. Mizzou got in the way of a Mizzou victory. We've seen that many times in years past. And so uh, I don't know, like, I hope I know how this team's going to respond to it. It's a tough game coming up next week. We'll get in the next episode talking about Kentucky. But, man, you hope this just lights another fire. And that they they take – you know, Drink said it starts at the top down. And he, he said they've been playing on the edge of a few things that they've been getting by with in the previous five games. And it bit him in the butt. Yeah.
2: It did. I'm. Um, um. I got a couple other notes that. Um. You know, we talked about the the concern of the snap infraction. Uh, Skeeter, you said you wanted to touch on the disconcerting signals.
0: Okay. What the? So according to the broadcast, because RG three did not like this when it was explained to him, if an offense use a clap as a snap count. The defense cannot clap in any form or fashion whatsoever. The first one that was called on the goal line, Hopper was clapping, trying to get somebody's attention. That's what the penalty was on. Are you kidding me? No. Good heavens. He was clapping to get somebody's attention. But since LSU claps, we clap. Their linebacker did a little clap, and it cost them five yards, and it got us again later in the game. So, That is something, hopefully, a rule change comes eventually on that. Uh, Of course, you don't want somebody up there, like, trying to imitate a snap clap, but if Hopper's over there as they're getting set on the line and he's clapping, waving his hands, there's no way he's trying to mimic a snap count on that.
2: No, and I mean, dude, that's like, that's Pee Wee, Pop Warner, like, middle school. Watch the ball. Like, defense and offense, watch the ball. Wide receivers are always looking in looking towards the center when the ball moves they move like it's you know what i mean that's gosh i hate that penalty that's um I yeah that's
1: the penalty i think i'd seen that once in my entire life maybe more but it feels like once in my entire life four than i saw it three times in one game and it, like you said earlier it's a weird called game the whole game was
2: weird and the defensive aspect. delay of game is that like on both sides wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was called for Mizzou and for LSU. Yeah, so,
1: yeah, they called it the delay game. Is it late
2: substitution? Uh, is that why they're calling that?
0: No, it was the no, clap. That was, that was a disconcerting signal. Yes. Good Lord. Uh, yeah. One of their penalties, really, I did not like. They called a personal fat out or deflected. 66 has engaged with defensive end on the hash mark when the ball is thrown. The ball was thrown pretty, pretty quick. They don't show a replay of where the block out of bounds was. But if he continued the block to out of bounds, there's no way he got and pushed the defensive end all the way out of bounds before that ball was incomplete. That should have been after the play penalty, moved him back another 15 yards, but instead it was either a 15-yard penalty and redo third down that drink declined and made him kick the field goal, but it should have been tacked on to the end of the third down play and been fourth and plus 15, whatever there. So I really did not like that officiating crew whatsoever. You have 22 penalties combined in 60 minutes. That's one penalty in less than three minutes. Yeah. And it felt like it, 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 that that felt correct.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was a long ball game for sure. It was. Long ball game. Um, Another thing that, you know, we talked about the lack of quarterback containment from the defense, and we're not trying to make this a, a Debbie downer. I mean, yeah, we're all upset that, First loss of the year, um, but uh, had most of us predicted it would have come in week six. I think we, I think we would have taken it. One thing I really would have liked to see, and I touched on this early in the season, was turnovers. You know, we it took us till what week three, right, to get our first turnover. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't force any turnovers there, and I think if you're going to be in this level of competition, in the SEC, you have got to force some of those turnovers.
0: They, absolutely they did they did force two fumbles didn't recover didn't right recover.
2: right um but you know same thing with same thing with lsu yeah they they picked us off twice but you know the one by it's just what i'm getting at is we've got to have some turnovers or no. or limit our own turnovers you know and, we can't be giving away points like that
1: cool makes a good point it's i understand Daniels is very good but uh whoever's backup is i'm sorry i don't remember his name um and he he threw a lame duck pass up there, and there was just no one in that part of the field to get to it. And it wasn't like he threw it to like out of bounds. He threw it dead ahead of him. It just weird me there was no one even around where that ball was going. And he threw a cool duck up there. So there was opportunities, like you said, that fumble by Daniels. I mean, I don't know. I get, I get it. The ball bounces a certain way. You only do so much. But we've got to have guys around when these things happen. These opportunities <laughs> come so infrequently in the in SEC games. And we got to get guys more home. we got to get more guys home on blitzes. Boy, was that frustrating. It just seemed like every time we sent a guy, all that was help him out because it dropped someone out of, you know, we were just never getting to Daniels to get home. And
0: you can't. You can't. There lead. there it, were times we were blitzing from like 8 to 10 yards off the ball. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, that's not going to work with a mobile quarterback. Nope.
2: No, not at all. And one thing that Another thing that's not gonna work when you're blitzing is if you got players getting ejected, we cannot we can't have spitting on refs. Is that is that I heard it was a player. Was it a ref?
1: Oh, I heard ref. I knew I heard he spit. Either way. Don't spit.
2: I get getting caught up in the heat of the moment and you're on the football field, but you know, that's he's what, a sophomore, I think. Yeah. Johnny Walker. So
0: the first personal foul that he got, it, the reason he got ejected because you get two personal fouls. Yeah, Your second right. personal foul, you're out. Was one of the goal line stands and he's trying to pull his legs out, and a guy is literally down there twisting his ankle. And that's what injured him. His reaction to kicking the guy was when the guy was twisting his ankle and he was trying to get his leg out and it hurt. So, you know, like <laughs> that's. Kind of bullcrap call, but you know, it's you, the call you always get, happens. You always get called on the retaliation, not
2: yeah. yeah. What's uh, what your mom always say growing up? It's not it's second punch gets caught, right? Second punch gets caught, yeah, or second yeah. person to the punch gets caught, yeah. but it's frustrating. Um, I think that's that's something that's easily fixed, you know, controlling emotions. A younger player controlling emotions within the game. He's done a great job so far.
0: I don't know if we've had... know he's a great player, he's just young. I don't know if there's something during the week that I missed that a player or a coach said about LSU, but I didn't really notice it live in the game. I noticed it on the TV broadcast we watching this morning. LSU was pissed off. there was a lot of extra pushing and chirping and mouthing going on from LSU uh, and there was there was times watching it like where's the flag? You know, like, where's the warning? Nothing was being said to them. And then, the, you know, man, that's – case you, you've been in, in them battles with the big boys, and it is a every-down-play war. And I can only imagine how quickly and easily you can get frustrated at something when the other guy's doing something extra every time, it seems like, and getting away with it.
1: Yep. Absolutely. No, yep. I mean, and I, I think I was actually going to mention something on that is I've had the – I wore a knee brace in high school, and I always had guys a oh, little extra effort trying to get that knee hurt or turned, you know, or stepped on. Mm-hmm. And I have gotten the calls from retaliating on that as well. So that is – it is – it's frustrating. It's frustrating to get that. It's frustrating to have guys talking. You're not talking but pushing, you know, you know, putting thumbs in your – you know, on your side of your ribs every play, something like that. So that's a thing that happens. I get it. That is – Hard to keep your cool. I Do you think that there was something said for LSU? Or do you think, maybe that's just like that attitude. It's just they kind of have that attitude where we're going into your house or you're coming into ours and we're going to bully you and we're going to, you know,
0: that's just how we roll. You know what I'm saying? I don't – It listening to LSU podcasts after the game and they said like, hey, we played pissed off today. Like, so the – even their fans noticed a different attitude – from the team. So I don't know if that's their mojo. It might be going forward because it obviously works for them a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you look at the stats and offensively, aside from the two turnovers, I don't know if there's much more we could have done. Oh, totally. Uh, you know, the drop, drop passes and instead of kicking field goals. Now, the missed field goal that looked like the holder was still spinning as, uh, Meavis kicked it. We know he's got the leg to hit one from that far. Yeah. So it wasn't a distance thing for him to come up that short. So that was something I praised last week that maybe it's not completely fixed with the new snapper and holder combination. Uh, it might just been a bad hit by Meavis altogether. Uh, but, man, we just – I think that's why I came out optimistic because, yes, we lost. Yes, LSU covered because of the pick six. But all the way up till two minutes to go, there's enough meat on the bone for us to get out of there with a win.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, and you know what? It's not it's not fair to put this much on Tolson, but I think a lot of my frustration went to him because I'll be honest, guys, I'm kind of pessimist. I thought we were going down score on that drive and at least give us one more shot to stop them getting back at us. You know what I mean? We had a oh, big yeah. – I think it was a big Luther catch. We had second and one. And then that's kind of when hell broke loose. We got the second one. I was like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna run the ball here. Schrader, who was having a great game. We're not Schrader's not getting enough props from this because of the way the game went south. But Cody Schrader played his ass off on Saturday. We don't give him enough credit at all. I thought we were gonna give him the ball, we're gonna keep rolling. And everything went to hell. And Tolson kind of started that. It's not all on him. I'm not trying to be super rough on him, but I don't know. But, I, I kind of I was pretty upset with that. So yeah, I'm with you though. That was like what, two fifteen left? I I thought we were going down there and we were at least getting lead again. What happened after that? I didn't know. Okay. But I thought me, we were at least getting lead again.
0: Let, let me be, have you all play coach. I mean, you got headsets on here. So uh you have that go from a third and one to third and six after the snap infraction. And then the sack happens, fumble, and it's fourth and forever. You have all three timeouts.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm gonna
0: do because I'm not gonna do hook and ladder. Well, do you punt because you know they're gonna run and give your defense a chance and play field position because there is a possibility of you getting the ball back? The what what's greater percentage in my mind? Converting a fourth and twenty five or punting, pinning them deep, getting three run stops, calling the timeouts, getting the ball back. Worst 35 in or 35 up, you know. So, uh, do we agree with going for it on fourth and 25 at that juncture of the game? We're down by three.
1: I don't know. I personally don't. Um, the play call is a little weird because I mean, there's probably some stuff Luther's done where he can get 25 yards, there's probably some plays where Marquise can get you 25 yards. Um, the design hook and ladder was interesting. You know what? Run that play ten times, switch maybe seven times it breaks it. But this is one of those times it didn't. But for me, you asked what I would do if I was the coach, got the headset on, I'm punting that ball away and I'm using my timeouts and I'm trying to get the ball back, you know, with a little more time on the clock.
2: I understand going for it and and having the confidence in in, in your players and some of your star players. You know, Cook, Schrader, Burden. I don't like the play call and it's neither here nor there, I guess. If I am going for it, I'm going to implement and allocate all weapons against whatever mismatch that I can create. If I got arguably the fastest freshman in all of college football on my roster and a secondary that Traveled with five scholarship defensive backs, and is like 130 something in defensive efficiency. I'm stretching that field, and and going for it, which they should have been doing a lot more. Again, I understand trying to implement the tight ends. Maybe they maybe they had a mismatch, you know, with the linebacker or his schematics or whatever. But I, I just I don't understand why we didn't stretch the field just a little bit more, especially if they switched his own. I mean, that's, that's taking somebody off the top right there yeah. and open something underneath. So I just, there's a lot of things that don't sit right with me. I guess kudos to LSU for adjusting. That's something that I wish our, you know, we could do as a defense, but
0: I'm going I'm in agreement with you, Cole. Like I'm going to pop but, if you do call a play, call something downfield and even if it's a 50-50 ball, like at worst an interception, well now you just... Yeah, but the chance of a pass interference, a defensive holding, like a five-yard penalty on fourth and 25, as stupid as that freaking rule is, can give your team an automatic first down. Yeah. So the play call was just, You take, you eliminate that, you know, you, it was three-step, bam, drop over the middle. Now flick it to this guy and run. Like there was no chance for pass interference there. Right.
2: And everybody, everybody knows it's coming. If you're going to pass and you're going to go for it on fourth and 25, maybe, yeah, they're trying to play the reverse psychology role or whatever. But if, if you're going to go for it and you're going to throw the ball. Yeah. Try and draw that defensive pass interference. Try and draw defensive holding. Try and draw. They did it against K State and with the Theo East play. And Theo East was able to grab, you know, get a uh, defensive pass interference called. So I don't know. I'm almost to the point where I'm like, (laughs) I don't know about you guys. I'm not trying to rush our recap here, but part of me is just like the more and more I think back on it, the kind of more frustrated I get. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm ready to move on.
1: Well, I agree. It's a lot like Georgia last year in that it was something where you you were really confident and you were so close to. It was to the right there. It's like, let's move on to the next game. Let's keep winning. Let's find, you know what I mean? Like, let's get back and win the race. Right. Before we do wrap this up, I do want to say something I kind of liked um, that I was thinking about in my head earlier in the game before things kind of went south was. Uh, we guys think about Drinkwitz going for two on the first drive. I loved that. I thought that Love was it. good aggressive play calling. Um, I'm gonna say this. I think every offensive coach scripts out their first couple drives, and mm-hmm. I was very impressed by that. Drinks play calling made Kirby. I, I think Drinks has his hands and I think Kirby's calling the plays. But the script those two made for the start of the game, I thought was absolute about the best you can possibly do. Yeah. So I really want to give some credit there like that a lot. Um, Some big plays are made, some good calls. I love going for two there. And I think it was a big part of where we got the game to where it was is we really put our foot in the accelerator. And I don't think LSU
0: responded well, right, but you know, it's a long football game, (laughs) but it is. I, I liked it. The only thing I didn't like was not following up with it. Again, later in the game, I guess you just made LSU chase the one point was the hope of it. Uh, but, you know, like, hey, if you're going to go for it, like, let's go all out all game, you know? like, Every single let's, time. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> it, you know, it, at worst you don't convert one and then you say, okay, well, now after the second touchdown, we don't convert the two-point conversion. It's 14-7. You know, when LSU started kicking, when they kicked the extra point, after their first touchdown, like, go for it. Because at worst, they're going for an extra point again. And so, I mean, they're not chasing it right then. But uh, I do have a couple quick shout-outs real quick. First off, Desiree Reed-Francois, uh what you're doing with the whole game day environment, uh, kudos to you. The Tiger deck. Uh, the 300s for, I mean, in tickets and hotel, gas, and everything else, I was over 500 into the game, uh, not counting 12 hours in a vehicle. And so getting those tickets at a reasonable price and then the accommodations that it comes with it. Hey, I've always said I'm, I sit on the hill, but. I wasn't finding hill tickets that I was wanting to pay for. And so I was like, I'll get the 300. And then case you tell me about the, the bracelet and man, how awesome is that? So for those of you that don't know anybody that you go to a Mizzou game, you get in the 300s, any 300 section, they give you a bracelet when you go in and that bracelet is good for free hot dogs, Cokes, waters, and popcorn all game. And that pace for itself when you got, you know, a family of five that you're bringing to a football game. So awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, Ernie Craig, Blake Craig's father, coming up and talking to me and my kids uh, during Tiger Walk. And, man, just getting to talk with him and uh, how good a guy he is and then come to find out. They're a big hunting family and Blake himself, which is the true freshman, uh, kicker on scholarship behind Mevis. uh, he's a big hunter. So got an angle to work on getting another guest on. And then, uh, there was an LSU fan sitting in front of me and him and his wife, I did not get his first name. He left when I was went down out of the stands in between corners quarters, but his Twitter handle is at USNR underscore veteran, and they were a great couple. Uh, He had nothing but great things to say about Mizzou, Faroe, the crowd. He was asking questions about tradition, Uh, and he he gave great, great reviews to me. So, uh, you know, I had a much more enjoyable time with these LSU fans than I did in Baton Rouge five years ago or whatever it was. So uh, just wanted to say shout out to him because he is following the podcast now and he's telling LSU people to listen to it. So uh, we'll take all the listens we can get at this point, <laughs> but uh, you have anything else you want Oh, I guess we need to recap uh, the basketball event. Uh, they had it again Friday night before the game. I was hoping to get down there. I wasn't able to arrange schedules and time to get up there on Friday for it, but it looked like a great crowd turnout. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
0: Sean East defended his three point competition, uh, shooting again. So was there anything on that y'all wanted to touch on?
1: Um, and I didn't see a whole bunch of that. I was like, Sean's shooting the ball pretty well. Uh, I just want to say, I think it's a cool event and I'm glad that Gates and DRF have built a little tradition on that, you know, because other schools have got some pretty cool midnight madness. think it's like, was that uh, Duke calls it that or someone, I don't know, but uh, I'm glad I made some, it's unique. It's in the quad by the, you know, stork pill, like, you know, columns. So just good on that for making a cool event for the school.
2: Yeah. I do like it. It's, I think it it has a potential to hopefully outgrow the quad and, you know, maybe move, move somewhere else. But yeah, I like it. It's, it's cool that a cool event that DRF and uh, Coach Gates and Coach Pension have kind of implemented. I saw RG3 was there giving guest scores for the, for the slam dunk contest. So yeah, pretty cool. And kind of wild to realize that you know we always got to dabble a little basketball in this podcast that we are less than a month away from basketball season tipping off so
0: let's go we're a basketball podcast <laughs> not quite not yet <laughs> not yet sometimes we're a baseball podcast
2: sometimes
0: yeah well hopefully one day soon we'll be a wrestling podcast as well so uh working on some stuff there too but man, what great game! Uh, our Tigers didn't come out the way we wanted. That happens. Very few teams end up with a perfect season. Even Skeeter, high on Arkansas air, did not predict an undefeated season. So, my prediction's still on. My prediction's still on. <laughs> it is
2: eleven and one. Yeah. So we just got to win out,
0: right? That's it. There's nobody else on the schedule to worry about. Nobody. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right, fellas. Well, that'll wrap up this recap of the LSU game. And uh, also thank you all for your hospitality case and Brett and all y'all at tailgate. Uh, Man, y'all, y'all make it feel like a family when we come up. So I love it.
1: Absolutely, it was good seeing you guys It was good getting to meet all yeah, I see you know, Cole over now and then It's hard to get all three of us together and It was really it cool is. seeing you guys hanging out a little bit
0: yep. <laughs> Alright, well we will be back later in the week For our Kentucky preview And y'all have a special guest To help us preview there So Even after a loss It's still M-I-Z Z-O-U
2: Go Tigers Y'all take care